1: So excited to have you. I'm getting uh, it's background music still. Maybe it's because we need to have a dance party to get started, everybody. Uh, Josh. Could we uh, cut that background music, please? Thank you so much. All right. I just have to give a huge shout out to my Voice America team. Um, They're the ones that make having this show possible. I was just sharing with my Facebook live viewers before hopping on here. A lot of people say to me, well, Allison, I would love to be on your podcast or really uh, I've heard that you have a podcast and this is a little bit different from a podcast radio show has a whole production, team that goes into it. I'm here. I have a microphone, a professional microphone, a headset. I'm here in the studio. You can see they put up the... This uh, padding behind me for those on Facebook, for those who aren't, you know, it's that egg carton padding it so that when I get really frustrated and uh, start banging my head against the wall, I don't hurt myself too much. Just kidding. It's uh, just for uh, soundproofing. And um, I've got a whole, a whole team in the back that helps uh, when my people call in, that helps make sure that we have great audio quality. Uh, they have equipment here so I can send it out on my Facebook live feed. And, of course, this goes out live to people all over the world uh, online, and then they can also listen to the recording. So I just wanted to, to give a huge shout out to my uh, Voice America team and to all the people that make this possible. And um, I'm really thankful. I think gratitude is really important in this time. It's crazy right now out there. uh, There are things happening that are unprecedented, things that um, we've never seen before in our life. Uh, Whole... whole venues shut down. I remember seeing a movie when I was growing up about, you know, this apocalyptic time. And I remember seeing this shot of Times Square. It was completely empty. And there were like flyers blowing in the wind and thinking, oh, that's so creepy. But that would never happen in my lifetime. You know, that's never going to happen. And then seeing some of the pictures from Times Square being completely empty, seeing, you know, uh, just different stores and venues and places completely empty as people practice this thing that they call social conditioning. I've changed. My uh, wording around that, thanks to Lori Richens, who's one of our guests on the show, we'll bring her on a little bit. But last week, she changed it. She said, Hey, this is not a time for social distancing, it's a time for physical distancing. And I completely agree. It's not about keeping yourself away from other people. There are so many opportunities to connect online uh, with people, it's just about the physical proximity. And I just wanted to share with you to open up the show a couple of the ways that I've been able to really uh, help grow community through social networking. Online just recently. Uh, One of my favorite things was Gerald Rogers, who is hoping could join us today, but it sounds like we've got a little feedback from his phone, so we're going to see if we can fix that. Uh, If he's not able to join us, we'll have to go on without him. But uh, one of the things that he did was he actually flew into Phoenix to surprise me. So I was going to be alone this weekend. My kids weren't going to be with me. I was kind of freaking out. I was a little bit scared. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be quarantined all alone. And he knew that. So Saturday morning, I'm I'm up in my bedroom and I hear a knock on my door and I go downstairs and who's standing on my front doorstep but this handsome man who I've been uh, dating who uh, he's my life partner and just really loves me and showed up just so I wouldn't have to be alone over the weekend enjoyed spending some time with him and feeling so loved uh, but he has a huge family, and the next day on Sunday, he invited all of his brothers and sisters. He comes from a family of eight siblings and his mom to uh, join us, and we did a virtual church. We actually did virtual church on Zoom, and there were lots of little kids there uh, joining us, and it was just so fun. We had songs, and people shared spiritual thoughts, and we just had a great time, feeling so connected to his family. And uh, I thought I would would take his example, and he suggested that I do a family night uh, last night, a virtual family night over Zoom with my siblings and my parents. So I did that. Some of my kids joined in. My kids are a little bit older and, um, and then have my siblings and their younger kids there. And it was just a beautiful time to connect. And we each shared the different things that were going on in our lives. We shared in particular the things that we were grateful for. And we just felt so connected. A couple of my brothers I haven't connected with in months. And to see them and their families on the screen. And to talk with them, I felt so connected. Uh, One other way that I am really striving to keep this social connection is uh, Gerald, who's also my business partner, he and I decided we would do an online summit. As we were flying back from a spiritual adventure retreat that we held in Nepal uh, just a few weeks ago, um, we were in Turkey, and we decided um, that we wanted to just really commit ourselves to show up and serve people, and we had found out on the plane ride from Turkey that UPW, the big Tony Robbins event with 12,000 people that was supposed to take place in San Jose they had been canceled. And Gerald was actually flying in to do a party ahead of time with some of uh, the elite members of his platinum group. And so we decided, hey, why don't we provide a virtual summit? It's just a three-day virtual masterclass summit for the people who wouldn't be attending live San Jose because they were required to shut it down due to the coronavirus. And we got such great feedback from that. We decided to continue it on with a 21-day challenge. And we actually have hundreds of people joining us from all over the world. We have over 600 people registered. And it's so great. Because on this um, summit, we're able to mastermind. We're able to see people from all over the world. We're able to talk about positive things. We're able to share um, our love with, with people everywhere. And I feel so connected to those people. And it's interesting because in this time of, quote, unquote, social isolation, I actually feel more connected with people than ever before. And a couple of the people that I'm really excited to connect to you with today that I brought here on the radio show... Our, uh, Jean Kuhn and then also Lori Richens and Jean I want to tell you a little bit about Jean before I bring her on she is a speaker she's an author she's a serial entrepreneur I'm sure a couple of us can relate to that she began her career on April 29th 1985 listen to this I thought this was so great she said here she began her career April 29th 1985 when the nurse put that first baby in her arms and she knew she was going not going back to a J-O-B she hated so in 2002 Jean bought her first of two bankrupt businesses and turned it around in 12 months, adding $100,000 to the bottom line. In 2006, she brought her second bankrupt business, turning it around in just 12 months, adding another 100k to the bottom line. And Jean increased her cash flow fast without a mailing list or a marketing budget. If she can do it, so can you. And Jean, I really love that you're joining us today because I think that this time, you know, when we get when we get out of this, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for those who are financially prepared and for those who have a prepared mindset to really be able to step up as leaders, um, to be able to show up. And I think there's going to be some, some businesses hurting. So, Jean, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me, Allison. Yeah, really excited to have you, and I just want you to uh, maybe elaborate or add a little bit more to anything that's missing from your bio or anything that you want our listeners to know before we uh, go ahead and dive into some of these questions and some of these tips that you're going to share.
2: Well, well, thanks. Um, the only thing I would share is that April 29th uh, next month it will be 35 years that I've been in business for myself. So I think that, and here's the thing, I found myself about 30 years ago in a room with Zig Ziglar, and it was in the early 90s, and he was talking about, there was a recession going on, right? Mm -hmm. And he was talking about the fact that he chose not to participate in a a recession. And I thought, huh. Wait, 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 hold on.
1: Zig said, said, I choose not to participate in this recession. That's what he said. He said, I choose not to participate in this recession. And
2: I was dumbfounded that I had a choice. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought, well, if Zig Ziglar's not going to participate, I'm sure as heck not going to (laughs) participate. So I made my decision that day. I don't even remember what business I was in 30 years ago. But I just know that I have carried that philosophy through my entire career. And I have chosen and have not participated in any recession that we've had in the last 35 years.
1: Wow. Well, that's probably why you're still in business 35 years later. Yeah. You've seen the ups and downs <laughs> you've chosen. Oh my, 9-11, right? That was the first one
2: that comes to my mind uh, right now yeah. is how it, how the economy, um, how it trickled down so fast. And I that's what we're seeing right now, except this was faster than 9-11.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'd been over in Nepal and Europe and, and came back to the United States. It was like a completely different country and different mindset. When I got back here, i luckily made it yeah. back, you know, before they, they uh, closed the flights from Europe. But, uh, so I am so curious and so interested. I I have had some questions from people actually ahead of time that knew you were going to be on that have questions about how to make it through this uh, financial crash that we're having right now, this financial crisis, and what to do. But before we get into that, I mm-hmm. I want to focus on this part of your bio that says it was April 29th when your very first baby was placed in your arms that you decided you weren't going to go back to a job. Could you tell us a little bit more, elaborate on that moment for me? What were you doing? Doing that you didn't like, and what was that moment or the mindset that you were in when you said, "Okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to create the life that I want and the business that I want."
2: I well, I'd love to tell you that I was working for a postage meter company, and uh, it was a German-made postage meter company, and I my I just I hated my job. It didn't. I am like. I'm good at what I do. When I, pick, when I have something to do, I get it done. There's no stopping me. And I would do that at my job, and then I would have nothing to do. So apparently I bothered other people by talking to them and joking around. So um, the fact that I, I was always getting in trouble for mm-hmm. laughing and for talking, and I, I was like, I'm not in school anymore, right? I'm, I'm an adult. I can talk to people. So apparently that was frowned on. So I just hated my job. I just hated every day i begged my doctor to put me on maternity leave before that baby came and he's like you don't have a reason right we can't do that you don't have a reason to quit your job right now so uh, I made that decision the moment that, well, first of all, you know, that first time they put a baby in your arms, like mm-hmm. you were yeah. like, you go from, uh, want to have a, just get it out of me to I'm madly in love. Oh
1: my gosh. That's I, was exactly just how I, about, felt. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I had a, a session with uh, a nationally renowned hypnotherapist. It was amazing. Um, but one of the things that he said during that session was remember this moment in which you were just extremely grateful. And I went right back mm-hmm. to that moment when my, uh, when my oldest child, my, very first baby was placed in my arms and, and first looked Mm. up to me and, and the whole world right in that moment completely changed for me. I was just overwhelmed with love for her. So I definitely know what you're talking about there. So what did you do when you decided you didn't want to go back to this job you, you hated, you didn't want, what, what was your, what was your mindset? What did you, where did you look to go find something that you wanted to do?
2: Well, my mindset was that, first of all, I was always crafty. So even though I had a full-time job, I would occupy my time because, remember, we didn't have any kids, right? So mm-hmm. I did crafts, and I, I, I learned how to do ceramics, and then I was teaching ceramic classes and, and part-time. So I thought my first thought was, I can teach ceramic classes. <laughs> so whatever it was, I, I can't even remember how many businesses I started when I first decided to be self-employed. And uh, honestly... All of them were failures, right? Mm-hmm. They were all failures because I, had, I, I knew nothing about business, nothing. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it took me, I thought I could really do this and turn this all around, right? And a few years, and I would be just really super successful, and I would retire my husband, and we would have some more children, and we would live happily ever after. And that, that few years turned into about 25 or so years before I really found the success that I was looking for.
1: Hmm. Wow! So you, uh, twenty-five years, <laughs> you mm-hmm. you held you hung in there, and um, so to elaborate on that just a little bit.
2: Uh, elaborate about what I was doing, or. I'm not sure what you mean about oh you mean about
1: not giving up. Yeah, well, probably. this whole show is about resilience. It's about hanging yeah. in there. It's about sticking with it. So, 25 years yeah. seems like a long time for some people. So, what yeah. was your what would your suggestion be for somebody uh, to maintain resilience, to hang in there, to not give up?
2: Well, okay. Well, first of all, find yourself a really good husband, right? Who supports <laughs> you. Write
1: <laughs> that, that down, people. Find yourself a good spouse.
2: Find yourself a good spouse because, honestly, my husband has always been my biggest supporter. And mm-hmm. no matter what it was, no matter what stupid idea I had, he was always there to support me and tell me that I could do it.
1: Mm-hmm. So I actually
2: got into direct sales, and I really loved that and was really successful with that. And I just kept I, – i it actually got, Allison, to the point where I didn't think I could fail at anything.
1: Mm, and then,
2: boom, 20 um, – 2001 9-11 happened yeah. right and i had a business at the time we had we were we had been struggling and that business that year was finally our year to make money we had a super enrollment it was a dance studio for kids we had our best enrollment ever and this was finally the year i was going to get out of that um, we were going to turn a profit and then three weeks into our first session 9-11 happens three weeks after that the trickle down parents have lost their jobs the economy is tanking, and everything kind of went to hell. So, I we had a choice, right? We could have closed our doors, and I would have walked away owing money on it. I think I had a three or four year lease at that point still, or I could have just kept going. And at least, if I wouldn't lose as much money, right? It was better than owing. I don't know. It was an ungodly amount of money five thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars a month and a year in rent, right? That at least maybe it was only going to end up being twenty thousand I would owe instead of sixty, so it was just a matter of keep going, right don't stop, but I could not have done that without the fact that my husband was had a good job, and sometimes he carried us while while my businesses were not so successful.
1: Mm. yeah, I think there is power in that, and it's interesting because um having. Spend the past year and a half with somebody who is just an ideal match and and a life partner for me, business-wise and personal-wise. It makes a huge difference in my confidence level. It makes a huge difference in in my mm-hmm. level of resilience as well. So I think you know whether you have a spouse or not, find people and surround yourself with people who can really support you and encourage you, and can see the best in you even when things around you aren't going well. So I think that that's that's a, it a big factor in being able to be resilient. So Jean, we're going to go to break now, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you some of these questions, these very specific questions that people have. Um, You know, It says here in your bio, you were able to buy some businesses that were bankrupt after some of Mm -hmm. these financial downturns. You were able to to turn them around, make huge profits. You have a thriving, successful business now. I'm going to ask you some specific questions relevant to our situation now on your advice on what people should do financially. We also have Lori Richens is going to be joining us for our Family First segment. She's going to be talking about resilience. If you're listening on Facebook and you have a specific question for Jean that you want me to ask her, go ahead and type those questions and comments in now. Of course, we've got thousands of listeners listening in live worldwide. And um, for for those of you, hopefully someone on Facebook or somebody that's, that's uh, typed in these uh, questions beforehand, hopefully they will answer your questions if not, you can always join us live on the Facebook feed at Allison Hildebrandt Larson on Facebook and type in your questions there. So when we come back, more from Jean, how to get through the financial crisis, not only how to survive, but how to thrive during this yeah. economic downturn. And also some wise words from the fabulous Lori Richens. We'll be right back.
0: Change starts here.
1: Change starts here.
3: it will be the best hour of your week. Get ready for High Vibin' It with hosts Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you're still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibe In It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
1: Welcome back to Spotlight. If you're just joining us, today's show is all about how to thrive and not just survive in these times, how to rise amidst the chaos, how to be resilient in these uh, times and this economic downturn. So, I've got a special guest with me today on the phone. Her name is Jean Kuhn, and Jean is a speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur. She's been in business for over 30 years. Um, She has been and survived and thrived through several of the uh, economic downturns. Um, She bought bankrupt businesses. She's turned them around, um, adding hundreds of thousands of dollars to the bottom line. And um, she did this all without a mailing list or marketing budget. She truly used guerrilla marketing. And uh, she is here to tell you if she can do it, so can you. So, Jean, um, one of our questions that we had from viewers, and we actually had a a lot of different questions typed in. So I'm going to combine a couple of these questions together and, and ask this question is, how do I make money in this time of economic downturn? I think a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are um, not knowing really how to how to thrive in this economic downturn. So what would be your suggestion for somebody on how to financially thrive in this time um, when a lot of people have that scarcity mindset? It's
2: a great question because, well, there's a couple things, right? Number one is they can't stop. They can't stop doing what they're doing. I have a client who's canceled all of her appointments and kind of hunkered down, right? Stockpiled mm-hmm. food, whatever. That's not the right way to go about it. They have to stay out there. They have to stay. I love how you said we have to be more social now. It's, not, it's physical distancing, not social distancing.
1: I absolutely agree. I want to, I want to chime in on this for just a moment here because I a hundred percent agree with you and it can be so tempting. You know, my business, yeah. a lot of it is based on live events. Live events are not happening right now. So instead of saying, Oh crap, my business is gone. There's nothing I can do. I'm just going to hole up and feel depressed and lay in bed all day. You know, I had to really get creative and I, I shared this at the beginning of the call, but, um, Gerald and I have decided because we can't hold a live event in April, We decided to do some virtual summits, and we actually have a virtual summit that we're running right now that has over 600 people that have joined it from all over the world. Amazing leaders! We have fabulous guests that we're having on this um, that we probably wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. You know, experts and people that are normally busy and have high speaking fees. That suddenly their time is free and they're available. So it it really was that idea of okay, I'm not going to stop. I just have to think differently. I'm I'm not going to stop right. what I'm doing. So I love that. What what else do you have to say about that?
2: Well, just what you said, you have to pivot and you have to shift to what you're doing so that it makes sense when you can, I I don't know where you're at uh, you're in Phoenix so I don't know if you guys are like under sheltering in place or whatever they're calling it we I'm just for fun calling it house arrest right
1: so we're not I haven't even to be heard that home. term yet I've stopped watching news but okay yeah, yeah. obviously I'm not so, supposed to leave my home or else I don't know about it because I'm here in the studio today but but okay so go
2: ahead so so it's about how how can you. How can you still do business? How can you still be in contact with people? One of the things I did was set up an eight-week free program for people, right? And Mm -hmm. because I believe right now it's not about me going out and selling something to them. Right now it's about showing them, uh, honestly, to be a leader for people out there and to help them get through this. Because I know I don't participate. I'm not participating in this, although I do enjoy being home. I'm not going to participate in this I'm going to be a leader, show them how they can get through this, help my my tribe through this so that they're coming out on the other side. And that's going to look like helping them shift their businesses from in-person to online, Mm -hmm. how they can have proper sales conversations with people, and how they can be flexible in what they're offering. I'm not offering right now what I normally offer to people. I've changed my offer. I've changed not my price, but I've changed my offer so those who are holding on to their cash don't feel like I'm charging them way more than they could possibly ever invest. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that that we need to, we just, but we need to still talk to people. We still need to help people. And one of the ways to me for is, is, adding extra value to them that I'm not charging for.
1: I love that thought of adding extra value, and it really is about showing up for your tribe. I've been able to uh, talk with many leaders, uh, industry leaders in the the self-development industry, industry leaders in the financial industry uh, during this time as we've done this webinar, as I've done the radio shows, I've talked to different people, and they've all said things very similar to what you're saying, and now is the time to show up for your tribe. It's It's not the time to capitalize. It's not the time to say, hey, I want to charge you, you know, X amount. It's the time to just really show up and serve, show up and serve your clients, show up and serve those people that are following you, show up and serve in different ways. And the leaders are really going to be set apart from the followers in this way, who is willing to step up, to show up and to lead and to say, Hey, you know what, let's band together. Let's focus on what's positive. Let's focus on what we can do. And one of the, the quotes that I keep using over and over again, um, I love this quote by Brian Tracy. He said, the leader, he said, leaders talk Think and talk about the solution. Leaders, think and talk about the solution. Followers, think and talk about the problems. And it really is the leaders that are stepping up right now. They're saying, hey, here's the solutions. Here's what we should do. So I love your thoughts, love your ideas. Speaking of leaders and people who are really stepping up at this time, I want to introduce now Lori Richens. Lori Richens does our Family First segment. It's a regular segment we have on this radio show every single week. Uh, she brings things back home to the family. And how how is this affecting our family, Lori? How can we stay resilient in these times? I, uh,
4: as soon as I found out what the topic of today's conversation was going to be about, I had a thought come to me from a, a scene from the movie Titanic. Have you seen that movie before?
1: I have. Yes, I saw it actually yeah, several I times. I was I was like a freshman in college when that came out. I think I saw it like <laughs> ten times in the theater. So yes, I've seen it a time or two. Okay, go ahead.
4: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because people probably have certain images in their mind when they reflect back on that movie. And the one movie, the one scene that stands out most to me was the scene of the mother in the cabin tucking her two little children in, a little boy and a little girl, really calmly, knowing that the ship was going down.
1: And do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The other one I remember is the man and the, the old, you know, man and woman holding hands in bed. Yeah, all those scenes. Yep, I do exactly. remember that.
4: Well, as a parent, I'm going to piggyback on what you're talking about regarding showing up for your tribe and following your intuition, because I am determined as a mother that I'm not going down with the ship and neither are my children. So I want to share a, a few concepts that I have learned regarding the importance of following your intuition and and how to be prepared. So um, some years ago, 15 years ago actually, I was attending a funeral of a young girl who was um, accidentally killed uh, while she was riding her bike on the side of the road, and she was um, a, a friend of my boys and. And it was just a, a tragic loss in our community. And uh, there was so much support that was brought in for this young lady that we had to, many of us were in the overflow, literally on chairs in the lawn, listening um, to speaker system coming in, sharing what was happening inside this lovely Catholic church uh, for the service and the funeral for this girl. And while I was on the, um, sitting in the chair next to my friend, I had this image of Susan. In fact, that was given to me. That was very clear, and in this vision, I actually saw streets that were vacated. I saw that people were um, quarantined in their homes, and this this concept came to me, this understanding came to me very clearly of a future day when um, we would not have the luxury of gathering in large groups. And if somebody died that, you know, it would not be an opportunity where we would be able to have the experience like we were doing, um, having in that moment with so many people honoring this young lady. And, what was so fascinating about that experience is I had absolutely no fear. I knew it was going to happen one day, and I told each of my family members what I had seen and what I had felt. And what was important about that is it's 15 years later now, and I'm, it's actually coming to than what I ended up seeing in my mind. And there was this calmness that my children had because it was something that I had already witnessed. We knew that it was going to happen. It was something that we were prepared for. And I think sometimes when the Lord gives you an experience like that, he allows you to not have to go through the shock value when it happens in reality, because you're already prepared. So it reminded me of an experience from um, a book that I love called The Hiding Place
1: Mm, by Corey Corey Tambo. Yeah. I I love that. I love that book. One of my favorites. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. And there's a, There's a
4: particular story in there that stood out really strongly. I had to go hunt it down because I wanted to reread it and make sure I got the details correct. And so what had happened is this was a Dutch family who was very filled with faith. And um, they just felt that all people were equal. And with this regime of the Nazi um, power taking over, they were doing what they could to hide the Jews or um, resistance fighters. And so within this, Three story home at the bottom was a, a watch shop because the father was a, a watch uh, maker. And at the very top was Corey uh, Ten Boom's uh, bedroom. So they very carefully selected a space in the upper corner of the room uh, where they could build a false wall and where they could build like a little shelf unit to the left and they could have an opening that was big enough to crawl through on the very bottom to get into this place that was about the size of a medium closet, medium-sized closet. And um, what's important to know about this story is they very carefully and methodically, one at a time, on multiple bricks at a time, carried bricks in um, newspapers into their home or in coats, clothing. They wrapped it up. Um, very secretly so they could build this false wall and then wallpaper it and do what was necessary so people wouldn't know that it was there. Mm -hmm. And that was an important principle for us to understand that preparing takes time, it takes a lot of thinking, it takes a lot of planning, and so when things would transpire they were very well um, organized and prepared to know where to go and what to do. But what was most important was that Corey had had a dream. And in this dream, she saw that people were being gathered into a wagon and were being taken away from their hometown. And she told her sister Betsy this, that um, I had this dream. Do you think it's a vision? And Betsy said this. She said, if God is revealing difficult days ahead, I will take comfort in it, it, for it is a witness that God's hand is in it. Hmm. So this is the message that I've had as a mother, my tribe. That's my most important responsibility, is my tribe as a mother. And that is the lesson that I have been preparing my children for. I help them to see and know the intuitive feelings that I have in advance so that we can be very well prepared when that time comes. And I've read many books on survival, and I've passed this information on to the children so that I can teach them a principle such as what Betsy taught Corey, which is this. If God is revealing difficult days ahead, take comfort in it, for it's a witness that God's hand is in it. So this coronavirus, I feel, is just like a preliminary um, preparation time for more things that are inevitably going to happen in the future. If we handle them calmly, if we write down the things that we're experiencing and learning and pass that on to our children, we are going to fare very well through this and actually come on top. We are not going to go down with the ship.
1: I love that, Lori, and I wanted, I wanted to—something came to my mind as you were talking. It was really interesting. I was um, spending time in meditation and prayer uh, the other night, and I had this thought that was just really profound um, in regards to this situation, and it was this. Right now, it's about remembering. Um, one of the reasons why I feel like the earth is going through this, why we as a people are going through this, is, is so that we can connect and remember with the wisdom That our forefathers, that our ancestors, that the people before us have as you know, I listened to Jean talk about her sharing her wisdom on this call from what she's learned from, you know, going through these economic crises in the past. As I talk with, I was talking and thinking about uh, Gerald's mom the other day, who has um, just is a woman who knows how to make the best use of everything, who knows how to preserve things. And she learned that from having gone through uh, the the economic trials after World War II. And if you think about um, these different people, these wisdoms that we've learned, it's a time to really remember. It's a time to look back on history, to look back at what our ancestors have taught us, to, to ask this older generation that has been through a lot and to say, how can we be resilient in this time? What have you learned and what can we do? And another thought that I wanted to share with you is a really interesting thought. I shared this with my family last night during our spiritual get-together, and there's this famous scripture, and it says, be still and—who wants to finish it for me, Lori? And know that what? Be still and know that— I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And it's really interesting because I've always heard the scripture and thought of like God saying, hey, you be still, like commanding, be still and know that I am God, you know. And um, what's well, really interesting is I heard this thought the other day, and it's just kind of grown in my mind. And it's the thought of it's not a command. It's an invitation. Be still. Be mm. still. And it's a promise. Be still and then you'll know that I'm God. And it's just a really great opportunity right now to just uh, be still in our lives and know that we have uh, we are in in good hands um, as far as a, a people. and there is a greater and a higher intelligence out there, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in source or whether you believe in the universe. Everything is working in a divinely orchestrated manner. And if we can really believe that and see those divinely orchestrated things in our life, then we will have that stillness and that comfort that we need. And again, I'm brought back to another, one of my favorite stories uh, in the scriptures, which talks about how um, there were Jesus's disciples were on the ship and there was this huge storm raging all around and water was filling into the boat and there was wind. And I can just imagine the rain pouring down and thunder, and lightning and the waves crashing. And I imagine that they felt a lot like we feel right now. Imagine that they felt like they were going down with the ship, like you said, Lori. And uh, of course, Jesus was sleeping beneath the boat on a pillow, says in the scriptures. And so they went and awoke in him, and he stilled the storm. And then he said to them, why were you afraid? Why didn't you have faith? And it's really interesting, because I, I think that whatever state we're in is the state we operate from. If we're in a state of fear, we operate from fear. If we're in a state of faith and of love, we operate in that state of faith and love. And so whether there's stillness with out us or not in the world, we can always find that stillness within and know that there is a greater and higher source and have the faith to be able to know that everything is happening and divinely orchestrated for our for our good. So with that, we're going to go to commercial. When we come back, I've got a couple more questions uh, for Jean and Lori. I want to, to invite you to participate in this conversation as well. I know that you are uh, have a lot of financial resources and also um, food and things that you've prepared for your family. Love to hear some of your thoughts on how to be best prepared at these times. Uh, I'm Allison, and we'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
3: Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: Welcome back to Soul Intuition. If you're just joining us today, I have some very special guests with me. I've got Jean Kuhn joining us. Uh, Jean is an expert, a financial uh, expert, a mindset expert. She has been in business for 30 years. She's been able to uh, turn businesses around that have been bankrupt. She's been able to thrive in times of uncertainty, and she is now leading a tribe to help them thrive in this time of uncertainty as well. And then we have the fabulous Lori Richens on Lori runs our family first segment. Um, I've been so impressed with Lori's uh, calm, her mindset, and the tools she's taught uh, to her clients and her family at this time as well. And so today's show, uh, the topic is all about being resilient. It's all about thriving in uncertain times, not just surviving. So... Let's. Uh, there's a question. We, we kind of talked about a couple of different questions at break, and there was one that, that stood out and stuck, stuck out to us that I feel like would be a really relevant question to this show and at this time and for the guests that we have. And that is this question that was asked, what are the mindset tools I can implement to keep going? To keep that resiliency. And I think this is a really important question because we were talking a break, too, Jean. You said, well, it doesn't – one of the questions we were contemplating asking is, you know, how can I best be prepared for when all of this is over? And and you you said something that was really profound. You said, well, if you don't keep going, you aren't going to be prepared. <laughs> so if you don't stop, you will be prepared for when this is over. Right. Is that right? okay so, so let's talk and about won't these – so let's talk about these mindset tools. Let's talk about the mindset tools that allow us to be resilient, to keep going, and to not have to start over. What are the mindset tools that you would recommend for people, Jean?
2: Well, one of the things um, – Earl Nightingale wrote a really great book called The Strangest Secret. Right, I'm all about going – when things like this happen, I'm all about going back to my personal development tools. And that's that's one of them right there. And actually he talks about in that book – it's a very short little book. You can find a recording of it on YouTube – just search Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. But in there he talks about the fact that uh, our thoughts become things, right? We, be- we become what we think about. And, I- and he talks about taking and doing a 30-day test. If you don't believe that's true, do a 30-day test for yourself. But he doesn't tell you how to do a 30-day test. Several years ago I wrote a 30-day test for that. So I really use Earl Nightingale and my 30-day test so, and I put all of my clients through that because I've seen huge results when they can change their mind. So right now they need to change their mind and stay positive and stay focused on the outcome of what they want to be when they're, when we're done with this and um, continuing we, I mean we do things like we journal and we, we you know you talked about gratitude at the beginning of the the show here today, right, one of the things I encourage all of them to do is to add gratitude, a daily gratitude list to their morning routine, just simple things like that that we can stay focused on the positive and and not really what's going on here. There's so many things to be grateful for. Allison, you said that at the beginning, and if you look around, you can find way more that, to be grateful for than um, what's going on right now.
1: Absolutely. And if you're listening, I would challenge you to do that for the next 30 days. If you are not already doing it, just find three things to be grateful for every day and write those down at night. I'm actually part of a challenge right now where I um, wrote down, it's a miracle challenge. So I I was challenged to write down something, a goal that would be a miracle if it were able to manifest within the next 30 days. And then there are certain steps. And the first step is to treat everybody that comes into your life like they are God to treat everybody as if they are a god or a goddess that comes into your life, to treat them with that respect, whether it be somebody who's not being very nice to you or somebody who's there to help you. You treat them like they are divine. Number two is to be kind to animals. And I thought that was really interesting, to be kind and feed animals. And then the third thing is to write down three things you're grateful for every day. And it's been interesting because since I've been implementing and doing this 30 day challenge, I have seen miracles in my life. I have seen things come that I never would have expected. And speaking of gratitude too, it's one of the things we're doing this 21 day challenge with leaders all over the world. We have some phenomenal leaders on that 21 day challenge. In fact, Gene uh, and Lori, if you aren't already registered for that, it's totally free. Go to 21. It's uh, legendarychallenge.org. So www.legendarychallenge.org. Just register for that. But one of the things that we're doing is we're gathering with these leaders from all over the globe. And one of the very first things that we do every single morning on this 15-minute call that we have is we we go around and a, a few people share things they're grateful for. And then everybody writes in the comments what they're what, what they're grateful for. And it's amazing to see uh, people say that their whole state changes as they focus on what they're grateful for. They go from feeling like they're at a level 5 or 6 out of 10 to a level 9 or 10 out of 10 when they think about what's actually going right and all the things that they have to be grateful for. The other thing I think is really interesting with gratitude, when I was having this download the other night about what's going on, one of the things that I thought is, wow, this this time right now is really an opportunity for us to be grateful. I think as, as a people, as a culture, as a world we take a lot of things for granted and I thought it's so funny that the universe is teaching us to be grateful for something as simple as toilet paper right now. You know something that we've all taken for granted for since the time we were born we've never really been thankful for toilet paper. I've never once sat down on the toilet and looked and said I'm really grateful there's toilet paper here. Always, there's always just been toilet paper you know and um, and we're we're being taught to look for the things that we're grateful for and this is a great lesson we can get out of this. Lori, what's your take on that question? Let me let me ask the question one more time. What are the mindset tools I can implement to keep being resilient? I love Gene's idea of a 30-day challenge of focusing on what we're grateful for. What's what's your what's your mindset tool, Lori? Uh, So I'm married to a CPA
4: and a very successful CPA who owns his own business. And I had an interesting uh, experience the other day. About three days ago, I woke up. I tend to lay in bed in the morning and just be um, very reflective. I like to be very still and ponder and receive inspiration. And, And this thought started coming to my mind that chaos is often the catalyst for increasing capital. And as I thought about this, now mind you, I'm an energy worker, I'm a, um, an empowerment coach, I'm, a, I'm very um, ethereal at times in how I think, and I'm married to a very concrete-minded mind, or mm-hmm. husband. So this question, or this thought that came to me was very much something more that would be applicable to my husband than me. So um, this thought came to me again, you know, chaos can often be the catalyst for increasing capital so I had both my husband and my son Dustin come to mind, and um, I talked to them and I said, "I really think that you need to be researching how you can take advantage of this period of time." We've been a, a family that's very good at saving money. We've been very good at, you know, getting out of debt and having food and you know emergency kits and all the things that require physical preparation. But it was interesting. I passed this information on to my son, Dustin, and so Dustin took that insight. He's a successful businessman who works for a multimillion-dollar company, and he said this question came to his mind, and it was very inspirational. It was as if the Lord had given him this, this, this question to contemplate, and it was this. If you had $50,000 right now, what would you do with it? Hmm. And then the parable of the scripture of the, scripture of the talent in, um, and, and the scriptures came regarding saving it or, or developing it, you know, multiplying it. And so he said, Mom, the impression that I am having is that I need to figure out if God chose to bless me with this miracle amount of money, if he just chose to give it to me because I was supposed to, be, uh, to do something good with it, what would I do with it? And he realized that he wasn't prepared to know how to handle something that quickly. And so his mindset is shifting. He said, "Mom, we talked to Dad about that, and and let's come up with a plan." So that's my advice: be very reflective, keep pondering, realizing that this chaotic period can be a catalyst for some very quick capital changing. But you're going to have to do some research to find out um, how to make that happen, and um, it, it can help things to go much faster for you than it would uh, the way uh, the economy was going prior yeah. to this.
1: Absolutely, Rock Thomas, who was here uh, just last week. And by the way, I'm going to be doing. Uh, if you want to join us directly after this radio show on uh, legendaryzoom.com, I'm going to be doing a follow-up uh, hour-long interview with Rock on how to um, really uh, increase your financial mindset and 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 capitalize in this time of chaos. So it's funny that you said that, Lori. Uh, you can join us live there right afterwards. Legendaryzoom.com. It's part of our uh, Legendary Challenge. Um, but what what I love what you said is that, that chaos is the catalyst for increasing capital, I actually had a couple people text me and and just ask, can you type that into the comments below they are listening to the show um, here on Facebook? And then, um, yeah, if you want to see those comments and you're listening live online, just hop onto Facebook so you can see that quote from Lori. But I really... I really do think it's true. And here would be my one tip or one, my one secret. I mentioned this earlier in the show. It's intuition. Listen to your intuition. Uh, as I was meeting with this hypnotherapist yesterday, he re- brought up a really good point. He said, Allison, you've always been able to thrive in uncertain times. You've always been okay. If you're listening to the show right now, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're online, you've been okay during those times. You're still alive. <laughs> you're, you're here today. And you have all the tools that you need to thrive. Everything you need is within you now. And... We just need to have that mindset and to see that. And it's been interesting to see my intuition lead and guide me during these different times from uh, the the dates of our trip that we took are the spiritual adventure retreat to Nepal. Have we been just a couple of dates off? You know, and this was months ago we tapped into our intuition and decided these dates. Have we been just a couple of days off? It w- could have been a disaster with the whole coronavirus and the borders being, you know, clo- the, the planes not allowed to fly in. Um, you know, as simple as the other day, I had a question, well, where can I get rice and beans? The store. Was out of rice and beans and as I was going to bed my intuition you know came to memory of an Indian market that was close by when the next day no lines rice and beans so follow your intuition during this time those thoughts that you get if you can put yourself into that centered space into that calm state into that still state be still you will know what to do you will get those answers and you will absolutely be prepared so we've got about one minute till we wrap up uh, Jean and Lori I'd like just for you to take 30 seconds each what's your final message message, and how can people get a hold of you, Jean? Go.
2: You've got this, right? Just don't quit. You've got this, and there's always support out there if you look hard enough for it.
1: Beautiful. And how can people get a hold of you, Jean? Uh, Jean, J-E-A-N, at K U H N K-U-H-N.com jean at JeanCune.com. highly recommend you reaching out to jean just being part of her tribe part of her group right now she's offering some free programs to people um wise wise woman uh Lori, what's your final message and how can people get a hold of you
4: i just love this simple phrase that says the captain stays calm in the storm and uh, people can get a hold of me at wholefamilymentoring.com i would love to connect with them
1: wholefamilymentoring.com. Lori has some great tips for how to keep your family calm in this uh, time of chaos and how to stay resilient and rise with resilience. And for me, I'm Allison Larson, and uh, my call to action for you, my invitation would be to join our legendary challenge, legendarychallenge.org, completely free, uh, full of amazing leaders from all over the country uh, that are providing uh, us with a mindset and opportunity to be in a group of people that are absolutely resilient in this time of trial. And uh, if you want to continue the conversation now and want to learn more about how to be resilient with rock thomas who is one of the top 50 podcasts in the nation and has personal friends with people like oprah and tony robbins and studied with people like deepak chopra hop over to LegendaryZoom.com and join us there i'm allison larson and until next week when we will hear from more people who have changed their lives and are being resilient in this time of chaos you've been listening to spotlight